Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. From opening for him to seeing him play many times to buying his records, it it was just really deeply embedded in me that this was one of the best rappers of all time. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Accolades Conversation Series, in which I talk to some of my favorite artists about who or what they would recommend me checking out. Make sure to subscribe to our channel or hit the like button. Somewhere between DJ's crew and Bad Brains, De La Soul, and Scritti Politti sits Houston's native son, Fat Tony. For the last decade, he has been everywhere. From star-making turns on the first Aesop Rocky mixtape to hosting shows on Viceland and Super Deluxe, to co-founding a DIY culture magazine, to playing every worthwhile rap party in America and burning the stage down every single time. He is punk in the platonic sense of the word. Experimental and subversive, but also funny, whimsical and virtuosic. Over the course of more than a half dozen LPs and countless other short-form gems and collaborations with everyone from Das Racist to Bun B, Fat Tony has reimagined and blurred the boundaries of hip-hop. He has been recognized in Herb's Next Thousand, a list of emerging new artists anticipating to break through. At the Houston Press Music Awards, he won the Best Underground Hip Hop Award in 2008, 2009, and 2010, as well as the Best Solo Rapper Award in 2013. I spoke to Tony about Devin the Dude, an American rapper from Houston, Texas. He is known for his unique rapping style and his 2000 songs Lackville 79 and Doobie Ashtray. After forming the Odd Squad, later known as the Coochie Brothers, the group signed to Rap-A-Lot Records. The label is notable for being the home of hip-hop artists such as Ghetto Boys, Scarface and Too Much Trouble. Copeland moved on to become part of Scarface's Face Mob before going solo in 1998. He has released 10 solo albums and made a number of guest appearances, including on Dr. Dre's Fuck You in 99, De La Soul's Baby Fat in 2001, Slim Talk's I'm Back, Gucci Mane's Kush is my cologne. Despite being a critical success, Devin the Dude has not achieved mainstream success. The New York Times has called him a brilliant oddball with a spaced out flow. In addition, he has been called rap's best kept secret and your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. If you are into my illustrations, this accolade series started as an illustration book, which you can still get on CrateRecords.be. This is what Tony had to say about Devin the Dude. I want to give accolades to Devin the Dude because he is one of the greatest rappers of all time. One of the most original and unique rappers of all time too. So Devin the Dude is a rapper from Houston, Texas, where I'm also from, and I'm also a rapper. Um, Devin the Dude originally came out in the early 90s in a group called Odd Squad. They were signed to Rap-A-Lot and they put out their first album with Rap-A-Lot. You know, Fun uh, fact about that group, DJ Screw was their DJ, which sounds amazing to me. And they used to hang out with UGK. And just to like imagine a teenage odd squad, UGK and Screw hanging out in Houston, probably in third ward somewhere where I'm from, you know, just the imagery of that warms my heart. But anyway, 
Odd Squad, their their album Fat Enough for Everybody came out in 94 and they were kind of seen as an alternative hip hop group, something closer to like the far side who were popular at the time when they came out, you know? Um, and after that Odd Squad album, Devin the Dude started putting out solo music. Devin the Dude hooked up with Scarface and joined his group Face Mob and Scarface pushed Devin to put out solo music too. And that's where you get The Dude, which is Devin's first solo album, followed up by Just Trying to Live and To the Extreme and Waiting to Inhale, all albums that came out between like, I, like the late 90s and 2008 or so. And I bought all of them when I was coming up. I don't know how, how big Houston is. Is it easy to see a Devin the Dude show in, uh, in, in Houston? Houston is big. Houston is the fourth biggest city in the U.S. So it's it's like massive and sprawling. I'd compare it to like Los Angeles. But when I was coming up, yeah, you could definitely see Devin the Dude shows all the time. I mean, my relationship with Devin the Dude is interesting because I was a big fan of his when I was coming up. You know, I bought his CDs. I loved his music. I, you know, I've, I first heard Devin when I was watching public access TV, which is like, you know, local TV where almost anyone can get their own show, very homemade DIY type of TV. And on this public access channel, they had a music video show. And I just came across it one day when I was scrolling and they played Devin the Dude, I High and Lackville 79 music videos back to back, which are from the Just Trying to Live album. And that was the first time I ever heard Devin, like I ever consciously heard Devin. I mean, of course, when I was a kid, I heard the Fuck Faces song by Scarface with Tila and Too Short. And Devin is on the hook to that song. But I didn't know who Devin the Dude was until I saw those music videos. And Lackville 79, and Aha just really grabbed me because both of them were songs about a guy that's like an underdog, which I didn't expect from like a rapper at the time. You know, keep in mind, I'm like, I like probably heard these songs, like saw these music videos when I was like 14, right? 13, 14. Um, and they were an underdog story. They had a lot of humor in it. They were both songs full of storytelling, which I'm all about. And I just fell in love with him. And I started going through his music and every CD that I got, I just loved. You know, I, I heard about Devin the Dude. It must have been in like 2002 or 2003, because it was right before the To The Extreme album came out. Because I remember buying that album like the day it dropped. But yeah, I was just really attracted to Devin's humor and his underdog stories and his voice. and. When I finally started to see him live, you know, he would play pretty often. And I had a friend coming up in Houston that I rapped with who was down with his crew, the Coffee Brothers. So I'd go to Devin's studio. I had seen him around, you know what I mean? And then one of the Coffee Brothers, this guy named Nate, paid me $300, maybe $350, which was a lot of money to me at the time to open up for him. I'm like, I'm like kind of skipping some years. So we're going from like 2002, 2003, when I'm first hearing of Devin to like 2006, 2007, 2008, when I'm starting to play concerts. And in 2007, um, this guy booked me to play his birthday party. 
And the headliner for his birthday party was De- was Devin the Dude. And that night was the first time that I met Devin and I got to smoke with him. I got to talk to him. I had some of my little teenage friends with me and we were just blown away by how down to earth he was. And his live show was always so interesting because he sounded just like his records. You know, the way that he raps, sings, beatboxes, he would do all that live. And he's like an old school hip hop dude, right? So he also used to be like a break dancer. At his concerts during that time, he would bust out break dancing too. So it's like, this guy, Devin the Dude is up on stage, smoking a joint, drinking Bud Light. He's break dancing, he's beatboxing, he's rhyming, he's singing. It sounds just like the album, if not better. You know, from, from all of those experiences of me as a kid, from opening for him to seeing him play many times to buying his records, it, it was just really deeply embedded in me that this was one of the best rappers of all time. Mm-hmm. And he was never in like the canon. Like I've never seen him in like a top 10 list from MTV or Source Magazine or nothing. But in my heart and in my mind as someone who spent hours and hours listening to music constantly, I knew that this guy's stuff stood out. But you kind of answered it as a, how approachable he is. Because mm-hmm. you hear him on the biggest records, like he was he was on two thousand and one from Dr. Dre, right? Yeah, Chronic two thousand one. Yeah, and he and then and he he's also does features on on very small records as well. I like yeah. can't emphasize enough him drinking Bud Light because <laughs> I've been in the studio with him several times. I've like hung out with him several times, and despite all the fame, all the high marks all the big songs, all the collaborators that he's had from Dr. Dre to Snoop Dogg to Nas to DJ Premier. This motherfucker is still drinking Bud Light as his preference. <laughs> you know, this this whole everyman thing that he represents, I think it's not just a gimmick or an act. I think he is someone who has, of course, built this character, Devin the Dude, but I think that many of the storytelling in Devin's music is rooted in who he is as a person. I know what my go-to songs for Devin the Dude are, but mm. like, if you would like recommend Devin the Dude to somebody that never heard Devin the Dude, which songs would you play first off? I'd have to go back to the songs that grab me. You mm-hmm. know, Lackville 79 and Aha. Lackville 79 is probably Devin's very best song because I think it really shows all of his sides in one. Like that's a song with a bit of social commentary with a lot of humor. He uh, talks about sex on it. He talks about drugs on it. He talks about money and capitalism and image and what is expected of what a rapper or a successful person is supposed to be. He like touches on all these different ideas and thoughts in a way that feels linear and feels thoughtful. You know, one thing I want to say about Devin's work for anyone who might be new to him is I think it's a bit of a misnomer. His branding as like a weed rapper, stoner rapper, you know, Devin himself in some of his songs and interviews might just say, oh, all of my songs are about like sex and weed or getting fucked up. And I think that that's only scratching the surface. I think some of that imagery and some of that talk is kind of just used to paint the picture, but the real depth 
of his music is what makes it so interesting. The storytelling, the unique voice, the musical choices with the producers that he uses, you know, that are some of some of his songs are just a full on conceptual song like you would expect from like a art rock band or some shit. You know what I mean? You've like like the like the kind of the kind of creativity that at the time you might not have expected from a Southern rapper or a Texas rapper or a Houston rapper, if you were the type of person to think that Houston rap music is all drinking lean and smoking fry and smoking weed and getting fucked up and like having a nice car. Nah, man, it's much deeper than that. I would say the key trademark of that era of Houston music, that 90s rap lot era, I would say it's social commentary, which is, you know, you can really clearly see that from artists like Ghetto Boys or Willie D or Scarface or the Convicts. You know, they like put it on full display, but I think that you can find that stuff in the best of Devin the Dude's work too. To me, Devin the Dude is one of the people that like, to me, him and Cool Keats would be the names that I would have named as well. Word, I love Cool Keith too. Like I discovered all of these artists during the transitional period from middle school to high school. So that's like ages 12 to 14. Yeah. I'm finding out about Doom, I'm finding about Devin the Dude, and I'm finding about I'm finding out about Cool Keith. And I was blown away at how left field and outrageous and just absurd absurd some of these artists were like you really didn't expect that i mean not yeah. not not even just to say you wouldn't expect that from a rapper you wouldn't expect that from any popular artist at mm -hmm. the time I, i i mean there's no similarity to that but like i think if i went when i went to high school and like the the rapper that like kind of got me into listening to rap is uh, older the bastards oh really and that's probably for similar reasons because he had such a unique voice i mean how The, the liberty of like doing whatever the fuck they wanted. They wanted to yeah. sing. They, they they sing if they wanted to, you know, like, and it's like, it feels like, it feels more like, like jazz. Like it doesn't have mm -hmm. to be like a four, four, it just bam. If you do this, you do this. And I think all these artists that we name have like kind of that in common. It's like that they're yeah. very free, free and like switching between singing, rapping, you know, like just like uh, expressing themselves in a more free way than just a, a 4-4 pattern kind of rap. And I think you're right. And Open My Giggle had a similar experience to you. You know, he's doing that uh, podcast season with Dante Ross, and they mm -hmm. talked about the old Dirty Bastard album. And, oh, really? Okay, oh, yeah, I haven't heard it And yet. Open Mike Eagle said at the time that the ODB album came out, like 94, I think, he had kind of moved away from listening to rap music. He was more consumed with, like, alt-rock and indie rock. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.